0: Everybody, welcome to this Thursday edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Roddy DeBolsey. I'm joined by Dane Young and former Georgia Bulldogs head coach Jim Donnan, the man you're all tuned in to see, the man we are all waiting to hear from. And uh, Dane, Dane adds something to the show, but uh, we're not sure what it is, but we are glad Youth that you. That's
1: start- pretty much it.
0: Yeah, sorry, what's on a Thursday? It's a, uh, but we wanted to be able to talk about the NFL Combine. If we did the show on a Tuesday, there wouldn't have been a, there wouldn't have been as much news to cover, and we'll talk about the Jalen Carter stuff uh, later in the show. I've been running, doing all sorts of stuff on that for a couple of days now. I'd like to just, we'll definitely talk about it. I just don't talk about it right now. I want to start with the good news of the night, and I want to talk about the NFL Combine. Rinse and repeat, guys. Rinse and repeat. This is a situation where last year the the NFL Combine was a giant infomercial for Georgia Bulldogs football, and. You know there, we still got plenty of days to go, but on day one, it feels like you know, it's, it's Groundhog Day. Everybody's talking about Georgia players, and Nolan Smith just absolutely set the uh, uh the NFL combine on fire with his performances today you know, 95th, 98th, uh, 80, uh, 98th, uh, 97th percentile in three different categories. Uh, the only the third guy to jump over 40 inches and run under a, you know, four or five 40 yard dash, just just, just absolute nuts what he did. And this was a guy who, uh, when we interviewed him earlier in the week, you know, he said, look, I I haven't, I can't wait to show everybody what I can do. He missed the last seven games of the season. He's been dying to get on the field. So uh, he's out there. Yeah. (laughs) just Shows what he's doing. And I just want to, I just did a whole media piece. I mean, a whole piece about social media reaction everybody going nuts and this is not one of the things where you're just hyping somebody up because you have to hype somebody up Nolan went nuts coach he just and you said it i, I give you credit you said when he goes in the combine and he puts up those crazy numbers you knew this was coming but come on you know yeah. on
2: that the first thing is uh for him it's just a personal situation where everybody that as any affiliation with Georgia knows, the really the the contribution he made during the the injury period Some that Georgia he had, teammates. you know, a lot of guys would have just uh, uh, watching your forty. And what do we got here? It's talking here. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's is Marvin that Jones. audio going through? Yeah, I, no somebody, no, I don't want somebody lit. talking oh, yeah. over me. That's my man, fault, Coach. Of it's boys, poor producing. Can't I mean, be like to speak see all stuff. They, are, they, are
1: they,
2: I'm just trying to show the teammates' they, reaction like, to, to no one's. Yeah, Smith. I mean, Stacey Dales used to play basketball at Oklahoma. Come on. She <laughs> doesn't know if a football's blown up or stuff. She's good. I like Stacey. Good, good. But come on.
1: I apologize that my Here's poor producing interrupted your flow.
2: First person to show me on a cell phone like a long time ago that, you know, you could use the uh, speaker phone and uh, we were in a car and we couldn't, the the guy, the producer was talking to us and we couldn't hear him. She said, put it on speaker, put it on speaker. And we put it on speaker and uh, she was the color girl on the sideline. We had Louisiana Lafayette, uh, which is the university of Louisiana now and somebody else. And I mean, she was, she, she does a good, I don't, I'm, I'm going somewhere else on this. But let me just say this. The the reason that I'm so happy for Nolan is because he sacrificed so much uh, having that injury and being a part of the team. You know, he really wanted to be there. But he showed a lot of leadership, and the the players listened to him on the sideline. He's a coach on the field. So he, he needs that kind of reward. But there's no question he was the number one player in the country coming out of high school. Uh, he he's just a workout warrior. He can do everything. He he couldn't lift weights because of his torn pectorial uh, muscle that he has, uh, pectoral or however you pronounce it. But it's just good from a from an old coach's standpoint to know the kind of morale that he's created around here. He deserves that. And then Robert Beal, a couple of years ago, everybody's talking about, hey, you know, he needs to go on and transfer and all. This yep. guy hung around. Was a, just the ultimate team guy, and he showed everybody his tail lights today too. And actually, the, the, the times that there was were posted on the uh, NFL Network were slower than actual the official times. So uh, Nolan hit under four, four, uh, four three nine and he hit under four five. So uh, just ridiculous uh, times. But I, I just want to go back to uh, four or five years ago. In the one room that Coach Landing had, he had uh, Ogilary, uh Cox, Beal, Anderson, Smith in one room there, you know, and vying for playing time. And nobody knew much about till the Sugar Bowl and Roddy came out and said, this guy really looked good in, the, in practice. And then all of a sudden he gets drafted by the Giants early. Uh, Anderson's has some legal issues and hope it all clears up, but, you know, he's got to go through the system and, and, you know, pay his dues and we'll see how it works. But he he would have had the same kind of times and things if if he would have tested there last year and now we've got the same thing. So it just goes to show you the standard of, of what you want for that position. When you recruit people that these guys are that, and it just kind of laughed my butt off when Cox ran a four, eight, five, he deserved that today. (laughs) after the way he uh, acted around here. So (laughs) let's give him a gator chomp there, you know, (laughs) Uh, but Hey, he, you know, he's, he, he, uh, he, you know, Robert Bill just out, out outperformed him. And then, uh, you know, we got guys coming up that are going to do the same thing. Ringo will test out probably be the among the fastest guys at his weight. He'll probably weigh about two ten and, um, He'll do well, and then, of course, you know when Broderick Jones runs, they won't believe how fast he is. And McClendon the same thing. And and then you know all these guys are going to test well. We're, we're going, we might, and then Washington, okay. we might have a bigger draft than we had last year. So uh, it, it, we had some uh, difficult news this week, and we're going to talk about it here in a little bit. And uh, it's very disturbing, but uh, just really the kind of. Uh, prototype that that georgia's established with their uh their personnel is is pretty got to be pretty tough on the rest of the country you know uh listening to these guys on the nfl network you know talk about you know the standards and uh the, the one thing that you can really count on now is all these nfl executives coaches uh scouts they're thinking hey if there's any doubt, I'm gonna take a guy from Georgia. Yeah, I mean, look at look at the way they're testing, look at the way they're playing, look at the way they're producing in the NFL, and uh, so it's it's really uh, it's it's a good day for uh, for Georgia to start off like that.
0: I just I have it on the screen here at the hotel. I'm looked I looked up and I had the uh, Dana had the list of speeds for the linebackers. Number one guy, Owen Papo. Georgia was recruiting Owen Papo as an eighth grader, well, maybe as a seventh grader. I mean, they were on him for a long time. He goes to Auburn, stays there. Good kid. Always liked him, you know, always gave us interviews. He ran a 439.
2: That was the fastest linebacker time. Hey, Owen was in IL before there was an IL, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
0: saying. Coach, let me... Who, who else ask... ran a 439 today? Yeah,
1: I, the, One of those Georgia boys, those high schoolers <laughs> from Georgia is what you're saying. He would have been the number so, one
0: line inside linebacker. How much do 40 times actually
1: matter in the game of football? Uh, I know it's fun to get excited about it, but how
2: much does this matter for players? Well, it's just such a standard it's used. But the thing that Nolan did, too, was his split. His first first 20 was under two. You know, he has the fastest split that anybody's ever run at that position. I think Clay Matthews, who was a linebacker at, when they played for Green Bay when he was in college, but he ended up being an N, Maybe had one under that too. But uh, just that it shows the initial get off and everything. But it's just if you're going to be able to be an athlete, you got to be able to run and jump. And if that's where you've got the, the the standing broad jump, he did over ten feet. The, the vertical jump, he's over forty. Uh, I mean, Champ Bailey was 41. This guy was 41.5. Maybe Champ was 42. He'll be mad if I got – but, you know, I know Boss was up there, but uh, th- those are guys that can jump up and take a nickel off backboard to top of it when you're going over 40. And uh, the, the, it's a good question, Dane, and it just shows you their uh, explosiveness, their, their quickness. Uh, they showed a play today on the NFL Network where – uh, you, you know, the guy from Florida was uh, sprinting out and lost containment, uh, the defense, and then showed Nolan chasing him down from behind. Uh, and they showed the same thing against uh, uh, Alabama when he did that to uh, Bryce Young. He, he just got that, that burst that you just can't. Uh, but it just makes you think about Trayvon Walker and all those guys that went last year. And our defense next year, going to have the same kind of players. I mean, I think we got seven or eight stars back on next year's defense. So,
1: Roddy, yeah. athletes
2: have to run and jump, and uh, I guess that's why I
1: sit and talk.
2: Yeah, well, when I <laughs> jump, jump, do squats, uh, explosive power. But, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I guess it goes back, I give a lot of love to Kirby on the from the standpoint of he – so much that they do here in their off-season work is getting these guys ready to to know how they can test and teach them how to run the 40 and teaching them, uh, you know, the, the three-cone drill and doing all that stuff that you're going to get tested on. And, uh, we, you know, that's why some of these guys come back. They want to have an, a better chance of getting – and it's going to pay off for Nolan. And you just listen to him on his feet. He's good – you know, he, he's good – a very good ambassador for Georgia.
0: Yeah, let's let's look at what he did. Uh, so he runs the second fastest time by defensive lineman since 2003, faster than Saquon Barkley, uh, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins. Guys, just doing his freakish stuff. And then he goes on and uh, basically tells everybody he does a live ad for Georgia football. saying, if you ever want to go to Georgia, we got a new locker room, new weight room. Uh, new restaurant. It's called Bones. Uh, we eat steak and lobster, the best of the best. The guy just, I mean, Kirby Smart uh, was in, in Indianapolis today. We, we broke that news. Uh, if he, I don't think he was at the actual stadium. I'm pretty sure he was headed back uh, to Athens. But he, somewhere on that flight home, he's got to be saying,
2: hey, Nolan, thanks for that.
0: <laughs> Thank you for a commercial. We, you can't buy that sort of publicity.
2: Yeah, that's right. And then uh, these guys are all doing a good job on their feet. Uh, you know, they have to go in front of the press, but that gives you a good indicator of how good they're doing talking to the coaches too. And uh, but well, let's uh, stick
1: with Nolan Smith on that because we we yeah. want to sprinkle in some sound bites throughout this show. And the one, you can see all of these full interviews on our YouTube page because uh, Roddy and uh, Jed May up in Indianapolis have been doing a great job with this. I know Patrick Garvin's been doing a lot of support Uh, to make it look pretty on the YouTube page because it's hard to do that when you're on site there. Uh, But Nolan Smith was asked about when he got injured later part of the season what was that like for him and what did he learn about himself from that process
0: what i learned about myself is i want to be a coach and affect kids life in a positive way i may start off in high school i want to start off small so i can actually affect kids you know a lot of people say that and they don't really do it and i think high school level is where you can um, affect them and what i learned about myself is you know no matter what adversity you got to push through and You know, like I was telling people, I wasn't going to give up on myself. I wasn't going to give up on the team. I was going to do everything that I can to just be with them. And I was a glorified
2: GA, and it was the best GA job ever. He's going to be a great coach. Coach? I don't think he's going to be coaching anytime soon. Uh, He's going to be out there on some team uh, pretty quick. His – that entire interview –
0: it's like 15 minutes and he, 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 he jumped the gun. He wasn't supposed to talk to like eight, uh, 20 and 8:15. He was already out there and we were finishing up with uh, Robert Beale. So we missed uh, just uh, a couple minutes right at the beginning, but I've told people to, you know, watch our videos, check this out, you know, and you will tweet out must see if there's ever a must see interview in the history of UGA sports and the history of my years of doing this. It's the 15 minutes of Robert Beale holding court in front of the... Nolan and, Smith holding court? Excuse me, Nolan Smith holding court in front of all these people. Just And again, he was kind of between the sessions. So he started a little bit earlier and some of the other guys in that same session hadn't started yet. So every journalist in that building, every analyst piled in around him. You know, they were 10, 15 deep. I'm shooting over a bunch of people's heads trying to get the video of it. But... Each soundbite is amazing. The stuff he said about transfers will blow your mind. The stuff he, when he defended, uh, come uh, to
2: watch it. Let's go on. Let's let's go on there. We already, but, I'm sorry if I'm not going fast enough for you, coach. Oh, no, hey, go ahead, man. Hey, we, we got some other people to talk about. I was just, yeah, I just said
0: he's a uh,
1: coach. He's, and some of the guys that uh, we get to interview, and, and look, some are more effusive than others. When you get a Nolan Smith, you kind of sit there and just yeah, take it in. Well, well let's just different. play the
2: whole interview on the show with them. They <laughs> like would be better than what I'm doing. It would be better no, You're doing you you a good job of teeing it up. That's good. I'll
0: say uh, when, when he start talking about Devin. If that doesn't yeah you know, choke you up, then you're, you're dead inside. So be sure to watch that. That's uh, good. Watch the, watch his defense of his uh, teammates and just the way he talks about Georgia. I mean, that's uh again he gave a he gave an infomercial then and he did right there on a live TV. So uh, check him out when you get the chance, and it, it'll be it'll be worth your time.
2: Yeah, yes, I, I-, I saw this week would have been uh, Devin's twenty first birthday. So. Uh... Thoughts and prayers to him, his family. I mean, that just, and you see some footage of some of our players walking in the stadium, and there's Big Devin walking in. It just uh, really is, chokes me up.
1: Yeah. Um, no real way to transition out of anything. Um, so we're going to take a little ad read here. And, um, Let's talk about our friends over at Dead Soxie, Roddy, because uh, they're a really great way. If you have uh, a corporate gift that you need to get, they can do a customized logo for that. Uh, or you just want some really great socks. Uh, it's a company that they love partnering with college football fans. Um, they are some Ole Miss founders, but you have to check out their Georgia line, Roddy. That's what you first showed me was the red and black and their colorways that they've done. And uh, man, they're just good socks.
0: They are. I mean, it's uh the best, the most comfortable socks you'll ever wear. They're made from the best material. They don't slide down and they have the true state technology. And if you don't like them, you know, they're going to make sure you're happy. They come, they, we've had enough of our uh, people try them that now there are a lot of people at UG Sports sports. That's the only socks I buy. So I can't tell you anything more than that. That's just a unsolicited testimonial that you, that <laughs> says everything in one, in one quick, uh, uh, Tidy bow, which kind of matter of fact, how they come to you. So check out dead socks when you get a chance. Also want to mention our friends over at uh, Athens Ford, a huge sponsor of our site. They've sponsored us uh, since the very beginning. They do our watch long show. They do our website and they do this podcast, uh, but we probably charge them too much. I don't know. But the point being our friends at uh, Athens Ford, they take great care of us. They will take great care of you. They don't do anything halfway they go full speed like Nolan Smith in a 40-yard dash. And you have people that will stand in the their truck beds out there saying this is the place to buy it. Their reviews are off the charts. You can't fake those reviews. You can't buy those reviews. You can't uh, uh, you, you can't make them up. They are legitimate reviews. When you go to ratemydealer.com and you see all the people raving about Athens Ford. There's a reason for it. They're the Chick-fil-A Ford dealerships, and they have a lifetime uh, powertrain warranty on just about everything you buy out there. So hit up our Friends at Athens Ford.
1: We'd also, uh, Coach, you mentioned that Robert Beal, him sticking around, finding his groove at Georgia, he spoke to that. And Robert Beal, a little more reserved, a lot more reserved than a Nolan (laughs) Smith. Uh, But I I thought he had some really interesting comments about what he needed from Georgia and then what he developed at Georgia. He said it was his mental toughness. Yes, sir.
0: Uh, Really, it takes mental toughness. Uh, Me coming coming in earlier, I really didn't have that part of my game. You know, I was kind of worried about this guy and that guy not playing, and uh, I didn't have that part. So me being there for as many years as I did, it kind of taught me to, you know, work for everything that you want. So... Uh, 2021 is really when it clicked for me. So that's when I took off and did my bit.
1: I also noticed that deep voice. He needs to be doing some
2: soul singing. Yeah, he can he can do some good stuff there. And you can see how well he's cut too. You sometimes you you see these guys in their unis and you really don't re- realize how much they're put together. And uh, just these uh, some of those guys, you see those guys running out there in those little outfits that they got there uh the one guy had one had a midriff bulge on him today I, I i figured somebody forgot to get in the right size but i saw that i know who you're talking about he was I only, the guy he's got a shirt he was, that fits he was the only one that didn't have the you know the full shirt but uh, uh he had a little boiler hanging out there but uh, <laughs> a little was, pony keg it was good though uh you know i guess that A new uh, company, No Bull, has put a lot of money in this thing. They put over a million dollars in just uh, equipment for the players, and then they've set up a warm-up area that they've never had to to get them ready for all these different drills instead of just being out in the lobby and stuff. So I guess they're trying to make a move on Nike and Adidas and and those people. So uh, we'll see. they got a long way to go, that's for sure. Coach,
1: Robert Beal's been around Georgia for a long time. How have you seen him grow? From I mean, years ago now, he's one of the veterans.
2: Well, he always had a good attitude, and he worked. You know, his ability uh, was not like some of these guys that you know, that, like Trayvon Walk. I mean, just you, you can't miss. I mean, but he, he he really developed a good mental approach of knowing the scheme and not making mental errors and and being where he's supposed to be and being somebody you could depend on. And uh, a lot of times in the transition when you lose some players and you got some younger guys starting to come in, uh, uh, and a good old soul kind of person that knows what to do is invaluable. And he took advantage of that and some injuries and the situation with Anderson getting in trouble and uh, just went and did a great job, a lot like William Poole did uh, when we had injuries last two years ago, and uh, came in and played well at star. But uh, – and, and the good thing about that is uh, beside for him individually is, is as a coach, you can point that out to a young guy that's struggling a little bit and saying, look, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it here. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard. And you say, look, we've had this happen. Here's a good example. Robert, Bill, William Poole, uh, you know, and point out they were in the same boat, but they stuck it out stayed with the program, lifting weights, uh, learned the system. And, uh, you know, it's very uh, rewarding to be a part of a championship team at whatever your role has been. But his role just magnified how much he we depended on him because he had a lot of practice in the games when we were winning handily early in his career and got better. And then he was very dependable on pass rush and per- and I think he'll, he'll make a team in the NFL just on his ability to play special teams.
0: Yeah, when we asked him, you know, if you had to show them uh, the NFL scouts one game, you know, not, not your highlight tape, but one game, you know, every play, which would it be? And he's like, LSU this year, you know, but championship game. He, he, was, he showed up big against LSU, helped Georgia win an SEC title, and his, you know he's been here a while, as you say. Uh, Chris Smith, same guy. Chris smith been around a long time. Chris Smith last year versus this year worked his way up the chart really, really highly. And uh, uh, when Chris came out to your point, coach, uh, I I remember thinking, I I, I remember being kind of down on Chris Smith when he came in to replace Richard LeCount. I'm like, "Eh, there's quite the drop off between Richard LeCount to this guy. And Chris has come on strong and his uh, traps when he's standing up there, the interview, he's got this huge bulge behind his neck. You're like, dude, I know you're five. Are you trying to get taller through net growth. He he's just so much he's not a big guy, but he's done everything possible to get his body in shape for this. And I really look forward to seeing how Chris Smith tests. Yeah, and
2: he can he can cover which, you know, you know, safety you're looking for break on the ball and play deep middle and tackle and everything. But what he's really good at is uh advantage over some safeties. He's played some star where he's had to cover the slot. But another thing on the tape is that people don't really realize that I, you talked to these scouts is, Hey, I like to watch the practice tape. I said, you know, here's uh, Trayvon Walker when he's a sophomore rushing a passer against the first round draft choice at left tackle for the New York giants. And he, you know, it, we're getting, we're getting good looking how he does against these pro people. And same thing with, uh, you know, all of a sudden you look at the Ringo, he's covering George Pickens in practice or, Whatever it might be, I think the the practice tape is is really helps. These these scouts look at that hard, too. And not only just the teamwork, but the drills that they do, you know, that are specifically uh, set up for pro scouts, you know, I mean, to develop you to what they're looking for, pass rush techniques, uh, Memphis drill where you're playing one-on-one tight end against the Sam or the linebacker trying to cover the back out of the backfield i mean we do all that stuff and i'm sure some other schools do it too but uh our players are well schooled in how to to do the things that pro football asks you to do once you get there
1: you know one of the funny things to me at the combine roddy you were talking about christopher smith and his interview made me think of this you're up there, and you're asking a lot of Georgia questions. You have the context of Georgia, but like you're alongside some like NFL reporters that know very little about Georgia. So like half the questions are: Have you talked to the Raiders? Have the Dolphins been in your ear? And then there's Roddy saying, "Who's coming back to Georgia? Who's going to replace you and, and be the next ones up here?" Uh, and it's always funny
2: to me to see the beat writers from Georgia. But I will
1: do one thing. I'll
2: take up for Roddy that he's got enough sense compared to some of these people. They're there for the NFL first, and anything that Roddy always asks, and I've listened to the, is after all the NFL people have taken care of it, but they they don't need to have a a rehash of how was it there at the, uh, you know, all that stuff. I mean, that's not why they're there to rehash their Georgia, like you're saying. Uh, They're they're there for the NFL people to get to know them and talk to them about their Potential because the draft is what they're no longer a Georgia Bulldog. They're a person that's going to the pros. So I think uh, uh, you, you make a good point. I think Roddy does a good job of, uh, you, you know, letting them be, uh, you know, be on the stage and, and interviewing for an NFL job and not so much rehashing. Like tomorrow morning, I guarantee you Stetson Bennett, some people around here are going to wear him out about, you know, what he said at the uh, – at the deal uh, on the championship uh, parade. What what was he doing all that? Hey, that's water under the bridge. Now he, he is probably going to have to talk about that incident that he had, which was unfortunate uh, for the, you know, in Dallas. But, hey, uh, he, he's trying to go on with his career here. Uh, all of them are. Don't you think, Roddy? That- yeah, there's
0: a, there's a lot of questions. It drives me nuts when guys, if I ask him about, you know, who's replacing you, I'll usually couch it. Who are we going to see? here next year at the NFL combine, you know, not just uh, because we can ask them who's, who's going to be the up and coming player at, when we go into bowl practices or something like that, you know, and asking a guy, you know, what's, what's your favorite game or what game do you want to show an NFL coach is based on get, you know, it, it serves a dual purpose. What is, what is almost your favorite game and which game do you think you had the best action, which is kind of looking back, but it also, it helps us, you know, we're like, okay, well, let's go cut up the film from that one. And check it out, but you got some people up here asking some dumbass questions about, you know, look, hey, in this one game on third down, you did this. I'm like, Jesus, that's
2: not- you could ask him about that for years. This is and an NFL the,
0: combine. What, the, pod,
2: crazy. what pod did Podlesny say about who's going to take his place? <laughs> he said, well, he said
0: Zirkle's doing really well, but they're bringing in this Peyton kid, and you know, it's going to be a really good open, open. uh he said uh, competition makes competition. everyone better. Yeah, yeah. competition makes – I'm a firm believer that, like, you're never going to get anything out of him.
1: <laughs> well, Christopher Smith did drop some names when he was asking. I set this all up because I want – there, there's doing. a there's a common thread. In the I wasn't the one that th- asked that. And I know you weren't, but I was throwing it on you because I pick on you. So, um, for the next 34 seconds, you're going to hear the same phrase five times, uh, but you're going to hear some names, too, that Christopher Smith says to watch out for. You got Malachi Starks, uh, David Daniel, uh, Dan Jackson. uh, You got a young kid, Jonel Aguaro. uh, I think you got Pepe Wood, uh, two uh, freshmen coming in. Uh, They all bring different things to the table at the end of the day, but – um, you have to know if they're at the University of Georgia, they're special talents. At the end of the day, and uh, at the end of the day, it's all gonna come down to um, who can provide the best best fit for our team. At the end of the day, all of them can play um, anywhere. Um, at the end of the day, and like you said, it's plenty of names that are gonna be battling for a position in, in that secondary.
2: At the end of the day. So it's it's close to the end of the day. So let's finish it up here. <laughs> Hey, that was good, my Chris. I'll tell you, he's uh, he's very, uh, for him to know about the freshman guys that hadn't even gotten here, I go to show you, he's right on top of it. Uh, Those are nicknames, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I would say this halfway through the show that uh, everybody here likes to hear the old coach say that, he know, his mouth's water. No, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I've been around here since Moby Dick was a minnow. And that's a long time ago. And I haven't seen a group of the it's 19 guys we have here. I mean, every year we have good looking kids. There's no question about it. But this group right here now, you talk about my mouth feels like Niagara Falls. On <laughs> this, group. this group is really, I mean, there's some some war daddies out there now. I'm talking about just, I'm, we got to we got to play next year and all that, and I don't want somebody to. I mean, even Kirby feels good about him. He he won't say a whole lot to me about it, but I can tell you right now there there there's some eye stoppers over there. I mean, this guys that. Mm. And I told you last week that Hall kid, the Jordan Hall, mm, mm, mm. Freeling at tackle. Well I mean, there, I mean, he talked about John El Aguilar. I mean, uh, you know, he he, he got. Got a lot of good player, and then lucky. Uh, I saw tonight on uh, Facebook his his dad put on there that Lawson got a uh, academic guy of the week. You know, which is good for a freshman to come in here and you know win that award. It's hard to do it, but uh, he had been in class,
0: but fifteen minutes.
2: Well, the point. You know, I
0: already, I'd be already failed by week he's three. Doing,
2: he's doing good, but let me tell you something. Uh, this guy is going to be. Uh, he's going to be right up there in the tight end room uh, athletically. I mean, you you don't even have a clue how good this guy is athletically. I mean, he's right up there with anybody that's ever walked in that building tight end-wise. I'm telling
0: you, Coach, there's been a lot of really good tight ends in in that room.
2: I'm just talking about athlete-wise. This guy, for his age, coming out of high school, be a freshman. That's
0: high praise indeed.
2: Let me tell you something. I would hit you before I'd shit you, Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I was getting ready to say Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Can't give me any respect, man. No,
0: I agree with you 100. That's. Uh, I think a lot of the Georgia fans, probably myself included, from the media standpoint, like, oh yeah, lucky kid. The the, the it's you want every legacy to come to Georgia. But at the same time, you almost discounted – just like everybody discounted Drew Bobo last year. Oh, well, he's getting in because, you know, he's, he's a Bobo, you know. It's oh, you got to take Lucky. You know, It would have been the same thing with the Thorntons and anybody else. You know, I mean, Bobo on. looks
2: good. I saw him the other day. He really has worked hard. You know, he had that shoulder. He had a little mono problem. But uh, I'm going to tell you, the thing about those Lucky triplets, I mean, when I first got here, I, I was trying to figure out, you know, I mean – And you always try to project the guy, how he's going to be, what he's going to be. And I wasn't too fired up because they were all behind at their position of the people that were ahead of them, you know. Whereas, you know, you're talking about Hines Ward and Robert Edwards, guys like that. And let me tell you something. Every one of those lucky guys had a tremendous contribution to Georgia football. I'm talking about in every way possible. Mike, unfortunately – Got heard this last year and went to and did a great job for Mickey up at uh, James Madison. But Dustin Lucky, what a player. And then, you know, the center, good Lord. I mean, he was, I mean, he's an all conference center type. I mean, and, uh, but the other thing about Mike Lucky is his other son is bigger than Dallas going into the ninth grade. The guy's like humongous. I don't know how big he is. He's like, Three twenty already. He doesn't even look. I mean, he, he's bigger than. I mean, this guy's going to be a giant.
0: Feel
1: feel bad for them grocery bills for those lucky <laughs> families. Good
0: lord. I yeah, and I saw the uh, I'm trying to think of uh, the kid out of North Carolina, the big defensive tackle.
2: Oh, Jamal Jarrett. Yeah. Hey, you give him a lot of credit too. He had to have a little so uh, sh- surgery. Uh, but he came in early, and uh, he's really working on his body. Uh, and it, it's kind of like anybody—you just get, get in here. There's a lot of di- a lot of difference between eating that North Carolina barbecue and, <laughs> here and eating on this training table. And they—they—you they, know—they monitor everything. And he's—he's going to be—he's—he's he's a big kid. He, he's going to be a calorie.
0: Uh, he's going to be a calorie deficit for some time, and he's lost a ton of weight. And again, that's that's a good looking group that's coming in, but. Uh, let's keep our uh, minds here on, well let's say what speaking of food i want to mention our friends over at prime shrimp you're talking about uh, barbecue it made me think of the barbecue shrimp they have there they have the new orleans style barbecue shrimp uh for people who are just listening to the show because it's the first time you've ever been, been able to tune in on a thursday night one of our sponsors is a company called prime shrimp and what they do is uh, they make a ton of equipment for seafood processing And they also process some of the food and sell it in stores. They sell it mail order. They sell it to, uh, you You can buy it direct from them. The shrimp is peeled, uh, deveined, frozen, and it's frozen with seasonings. You can get the Cajun seasoning, the uh, garlic herb butter, the Louisiana boil. uh, Again, the barbecue that I mentioned there, the uh, lemon and cracked pepper, the unseasoned, just plain. And I've had their shrimp with St. Elmo's, famous restaurant here, the Saint, uh cocktail sauce, their shrimp holds up to it. That's the ultimate test on shrimp. You order it. It comes directly to your house frozen. You put it in your freezer. Uh, when you're ready to, to cook it, you boil some water, drop it in like the old-fashioned minute rice, take it out. It's perfectly cooked, perfectly seasoned. You'll love it. Use promo code Sports to get 20% off.
1: And if you want to become your own boss and eat prime okay, shrimp whenever you want to, because it's your own business.
2: Yeah, see,
1: My I, Perfect I, Franchise.
0: I, I thought I'm muting myself there, which again, if you want to be a boss and screw up like I do, uh, hit up our friends at My Perfect Franchise, Andy Ludecki, and uh, the folks at My Perfect Franchise will set you up in your own business. So let's say you want to be, uh, you want a, a different revenue stream. You want a, a second source of income. You want to get out of the rat race. You're tired of uh, you're answering to somebody else. You can, do, you can go in as small or as big as you like. There are 3,000 different franchises out there. Which one do you choose? Well, reach out to Andy Ludeki, Reach out to Brandon Beachy. They will take care of you. They will walk you through it and say, here's what you need to do for your uh, investment level, your comfort level, your time commitment. You know how much time do you have available? It doesn't cost you anything. Reach out to MyPerfectFranchise.net. Reach out to Andy Ludecki, and they will take care of you.
1: A uh, question for Roddy from uga sports.com. This is from Blackshear UGA. Roddy, what was your vertical at the
0: combine? In centimeters? <laughs> I jumped over a quarter. <laughs> that's, about, that's about as good as I got. Now, I, I don't get off the ground like I used to. I used to go fly, but no. it's uh now, it actually uh, last night at that restaurant, uh uh when the bill came, I jumped pretty high to get away from it and made Jed pay it. So I'd say about 38 inches. So Jeb was stuck with the bill. Way to go, Jed. Yeah. Um, let's go to this question
1: from Dog KC. A uh, little bit off topic, but I'm fine with that. It says, Coach Donna, what's the best single play that you've ever witnessed that you saw in person you thought that person must be a superhero? Oh, me. Well, while you're thinking about it, that, like, because Roddy, you and I were invited to offer hours too. The best I've seen in person, it was in Columbia, South Carolina, Georgia at South Carolina, and Jadavion Clowney comes flying around the edge. This is a handoff of the middle to, to I think it was Todd Gurley. And the way he, he came so fast, Jadavion, he kind of falls down and he pushed himself off the ground with one arm while also lunging still toward Todd Gurley, caught him a yard behind the line of scrimmage.
2: Never seen anything uh, like
1: that from Clowney. Wow yeah.
2: People would like for you to talk about the play David Pollock made in the end zone down there, and the, you know, for the which was very similar. And then Clowney made a play like that against Michigan in a bowl game where he destroyed somebody. But, you know, I, I've just uh, – I've been around so many plays over the years. It's hard to pick out one for sure, but uh, I, I can't really. You're probably thinking about ones in practice that you saw <laughs>
1: that in games
0: none of us got to see. I'll go with uh, A.J. Green's catch at Colorado. That was
2: good. That was good.
0: I, was, I, I, mean, I remember just still trying to wrap my head around it. You know, and I was there. I covered the David Pollock shot. You know, I, got, I was the one that got it and still one of the craziest plays I've ever seen in real life. And then I just remember looking back at the camera going, that that uh, A.J. Green thing, that, that's what we saw, and I remember the Colorado, the terrible scoreboard. I'm like, can we get a replay of this? Because that's, that's not how it happened. I remember wanting to go back and see. I wanted to go to the hotel to watch the highlights to see that. Of course, then they lost. and sucked. But I'm like, i I got to see that play.
2: The best play for me in with under pressure was Keith Jackson against Alabama when we were – I mean, against uh, Nebraska when we were coming back mm-hmm. in 87 and, uh, you know, in the last two minutes. And – uh he just running down the sideline and catch it between the end and the safety with one hand and set up the game time field goal and then we came back and then we threw him and i mean that was a touchdown that tied it up and then he set called another one and set up the field goal but uh and then some things that I saw champ Bailey doing practice here uh not fair
1: but one of the plays that Dog KC mentioned was the Brandon Smith touchdown against South Carolina. said so that had to be as fast as I've ever seen a human run. Same.
0: There's never been anybody faster that I've witnessed in real life.
1: I don't know what his forty time was. I need to go back and. On that one, it was
0: probably two and a half seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. yes yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, I'll give. I'll give you one more on this topic. Uh, Uly High School, going down there to see. Um, uh, uh, who's the big running back? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Uh, they're losing to their arch rival. And Derrick, you know, he's playing uh, kind of quarterback, uh, running back, you know, basically just read option, <laughs> just keeping the ball and running. They were down. They needed the ball. Coach put him in a defensive end, said, Derrick, go get me the ball. It seemed like a Hollywood movie. Derrick <laughs> doesn't want to play defense. People have been telling him he needs to be an outside linebacker for years because he's so big. But he goes up, does what his coach says. In one play, strip sack <laughs> gets the ball, drives down the field, scores the go ahead touch, or ties it up, then converts a two point conversion to win the game. Unbelievable. Go give me the ball. Okay, coach. One play. I'm like, that's ridiculous.
1: Coach, what are you looking forward to seeing from Georgia players in the combine in the upcoming days? When we you know, I'm just looking
2: forward to uh, Stenson throwing on, on Saturday. Uh, going up against these guys uh, and just – for it's going to be uh, – I, I just think you're going to hear all the, the people on the network are going to marvel at the way he throws the ball. I just don't think they have any idea how good he is. And he'll go up there against Levi's and uh, – I mean, Levis and uh, uh, Richardson, Richardson and, uh, and also the kid from uh, Ohio State. And uh, you know Bryce Young's not going to throw, but I, I think he really, and and then when he runs, I think he'll run at least four six, maybe less. Uh, he'll do all that stuff pretty well, uh, and of course he'll ace the Wonderlink test too, probably. I want
0: to see what numbers Darnell Washington puts up.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I don't know how much pure speed he has, but he's got such a long run uh, gait. It's no no telling, but. The rumor is he's lost a little weight going into this. So, uh, you know, uh, here's another guy that really has benefited from from good eating habits, from hard work. You know, the guy was so ultra-talented he never had to do a whole lot in high school. And he really took advantage of good coaching by Todd Hartley and the offensive staff. And it just improved technique to go with his size. And his blocking is, like, uh, offensive tackle, that's the thing that I, I think all of our, our fans know, but I'll reiterate, is you've got another offensive tackle there with athleticism that can catch the ball that is just hard to beat to be able to block that perimeter like that, whether you're blocking a non-technique in or strong safety or whatever it might be, just engulfs them. Uh, you can talk about pass catching and all that, but those guys in the NFL – Blocking's probably number one for him. You know, I think they look at that as, as much as anything, and he can, he can mash you.
1: <laughs> I think any general manager that passes on Darnell Washington should have to go and ask him for permission first if they can draft <laughs> someone ahead of him. That should be required I mean, he's of it.
2: Probably going to take that Meyer guy from House from Notre Dame because he's fast and everything like that. But I think today pretty much solidified the fact. We got four guys. I mean, we got. We know we're going to have Carter uh, and Jones. Uh, now are we going to have Smith, uh, Ringo, Washington? So, I mean, we could have anywhere from two to five in the first round. You,
1: you mentioned Ringo, and I loved what he said. And the whole interview, again, is on our YouTube page at UGA Sports. But he was asked about what it's like to be coached hard directly by Kirby Smart. We know Kirby Smart – and the defensive backs is a special relationship. So here's what uh, Keely Ringo had to say about what happens when you make mistakes in practice, get called out for it, and then come back for it. Smart. He's, he's gonna put us through the toughest times, and, and, and then actually go straight to plays um, right after we'll, well condition before, and then uh, or or Indy before, and then go straight into team just to see how, how you're able to react under pressure specifically, and also when you're tired. I feel like um, when you're fatigued, that's when it's the hardest to be able to focus and, um, and, and stick to your game specifically. So I made I, I made a couple mistakes. Um, at a certain point in time and, and, and then came back the next time, you know, and ended up getting an interception at a specific time, you know, um, and, and how hard he was going on I me mean, and knowing that, that I could definitely do better in the situation and, and, and me realizing that and knowing that he only means good for me and then and turning around and making it play myself, you know, um, it felt good just, just to see, you know, the, um, the love and the character
2: that, that, that he brings to us. So. so when you make a mistake at Georgia, you turn around you do it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty true anywhere, but, most coaches don't use the microphone like Kirby, so it, it's magnified a little bit. So maybe they're doing that now. If they're saying he, he does it, but I think Keeley's going to have a workout one or two. I mean, he's going to run maybe sub four three. He's going to jump out of the building. He's going to do great on the agility. He just you know uh, coverage wise. I mean, he's good. He just he needs some. He, he, he keep refining. I think you get the right system. The teams that play a lot more maybe non-press and played three deep, you know, like Seattle, some of those teams. He's a perfect run support guy like that. Um, but, you know, there, he can't have everything. So, uh, but he's a good kid, and uh, I hope he goes and gets with the right team.
0: You notice he was saying, I did some things, and, you know, they go from stretch straight into the, the uh, one-on-one, or, you know, team drills and it was, was tough. You know, it's like, I'm putting, he he puts them under pressure and that has been the reoccurring thing. We've talked to five players up here. Uh, Every one of them, you know, the question comes up when they ask them, they're like, well, it's like this in practice. And they mention how bad it is in practice. Uh, Noah Smith said, I remember my first day of practice, Solomon Kenley broke my nose, you know, and uh, Keely Ringo was talking about, he remembers the day after, the Tuesday, the bloody Tuesday after Georgia lost to Florida in uh, 2019, he said that was the toughest day of practice ever. He said you got the the when the, you got offensive linemen blocking so far downfield, you know, uh, guys coming, meeting the counter, just head-to-head. Uh, uh, Noah's mentioned Aziz Ozilari was hitting guys so hard. He bent, bent a face mask in practice. I mean, practice over there sounds like a war, and then throughout the whole thing, it doesn't matter that you were a first-round pick. If you're, you know – Kirby Smart screaming at him. And remember what he's – I think what uh, Keeley Ringo's talking about in that clip, it leaked. Somebody recorded Kirby Smart yelling at Keeley Ringo. It went everywhere before the Georgia-Tennessee game, and everyone thought, oh, wow, Keeley Ringo's going to suck because Kirby Smart's chewing his ass before the game. Keeley Ringo says that's his best game. We asked him, what game would you show, NFL scouts? He's like, Tennessee. It was his best when He went up against Hyatt. He went up against some of the best guys. It was the biggest – game of the, in, in the middle of the season. And he, all, all that ass chewing that Kirby got onto him about midweek paid off on Saturday. And he's a, he's telling you right there, it's like, yeah, Kirby's going to hold you to a standard. And every one coach has mentioned yeah, Kirby's whole Kirby holds us all to a high standard and his coaches
2: and his staff. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that's good though. I mean, we've talked about it before, but, but no yeah. one's, I don't say no one's safe. Well, I mean, you just – you got to produce every day in any profession. There's nothing wrong with that. And most coaches, head coaches are going to do that. I mean, it's just uh, – when you're winning on the level we're winning and you get an exposure and everybody's listening and, and you hear more about things like that. But, uh, you know, Kirby gets on them, but he also gives them some sugar too. I mean, he, he's very good about uh, – you know, getting a fine line between the two. I think it's yeah, very good. I just no, say it's
0: it, no. There's no favorite playing. You know, it's like, oh well, I'm not going to oh, yell at no, my star no. player. You know, because
2: no, you gotta you gotta earn your spurs. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, Miller time in the chat says, "How about another episode of Know Your Dogs, the game show?" And
0: oh, uh, we're not going to do I that. Think my Wi-Fi is messing up. <laughs> uh, Roddy had such a
1: poor showing last week that we're going to give him some grace since he's uh, traveling this week.
2: But. yeah. It will return next week. Be ready. Let's get it. Let's get it back. Let's try
1: something
0: gummies before we have that.
1: Uh, Everyone's talking about 40 times. I'm talking about a a 314. That's a pie for Pie Day coming up over at Your Pie. $3.14 off of one of their pizzas between March
0: 14th and March 16th. That's a heck of a deal. I mean, the, I think they're only like seven ninety nine or something. Like that. They're not expensive at all. So you're basically getting one almost half off. So uh, check out your pie, uh, that an entire, you know, it's a three day because people are like, well, I don't want to go on March 14th because, uh, it'll be super busy. Yeah. They are very busy, but you also have the 15th and 16th and, uh, be sure to use the your pie app and get double points on that. So hit them up. They do it once a year. It's a big deal. Uh, speaking of also big deals, I want to mention our friends, uh, Over at um, Academia Brewing Company, you got to check out what they're going to do for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, They're going to have their uh, minty chocolate drinks, their green mimosas. If you're watching the live chat here, you can see the crazy drinks they have. If you're listening to us on a podcast, I'll just describe them as looking absolutely delectable. Uh, Swing by Academia Brewing Company. Get great beer, great food. Great atmosphere, uh, great merchandise. They have a ton of great stuff, you know, that uh, promotes academia. Uh, you can take the beers home with them, or home with you. Uh, there's always something new going on at Academia Brewing Company, so make them your holiday destination.
1: Coach, can you compare and contrast a NFL Combine with what Georgia does at Pro Day? Uh, what does the NFL look for one and the other? How do players treat those differently? What does Georgia do when it opens its doors to teams when they come to Athens?
2: You know, very similar. I mean, they do the bench press. They do they do the same testing. You know, vertical, broad jump, uh, shuttle, uh, forty, and they do the player skills. You know, from the standpoint of uh, specific uh, linebacker drills, uh, whatever it might be. That uh, I think, for instance, last year the linebacker drills maybe hurt. Heard our, our kid that went to Philadelphia because he was coming off shoulder injury and he was being compared to Quay Walker and Channing Tindall out there. And he was just coming off his shoulder and he didn't look quite as good in the drills, but that, you know, his tape was unbelievable. But the point is uh, you're going to be uh, maybe a little bit more refined in the fact that uh, the guys know what they're looking for after being in the combine let's just say Bill Belichick or Andy Reid has watched all of these guys at the combine. Now they're coming in to watch Georgia and they're going to really focus in on the guys that they feel like that meet their standards. And they're going to spend a little more time maybe talking to them a little more time uh, setting up a personal interview where they'll invite them to their, uh, their own campus, their own facility, or they'll, uh, uh, you know, do, do more specific drills with that one person because they're really intrigued by them even more so after watching the tape and then watching what they did at the combine. And sometimes players that are really good like Carter and, uh, you know, certain guys, they don't even do the combine because they know they're rated so high they're just going to come be in in their, their own facility where they're comfortable and do the testing there. So that's the way I look at that. From my uh, days of covering
1: pro days, the two things that stood out to me: it was always telling if it was an assistant from an NFL team that came, or if it was the head coach that came. And you see that Georgia pretty much has,
2: I mean, it's pretty much every head coach. Let me tell you something. Now, uh, I read online here several months ago where Roddy was ahead of everybody, and he said when Georgia's spring practice was starting, I noticed today they said it was starting the date. Roddy said it was, so he lucked out on that. But um, it was, weird. and and then uh, the day after, they're going to have the uh, pro day March fifteenth. But I'm telling you right now, between the general managers and the head coaches and the scouts and the position coaches, they're going to be stacked up like club sandwiches over there. There'll be so many guys in the buttsmere smear over there checking these guys out. It'll be a who's who of pro coaches. I mean, I, I'd say the over/under on head coaches will be 25. Wow. Well,
0: to to your point, I've been doing this, and I was teasing some of the other guys on the beat media. I'm like, "Why are all you guys up here now? You weren't here when Georgia was having two, three guys, you know, being drafted or invited to this thing. Now you're all up here and you're, you know, getting in my way." I tease them. And because we, for the longest time, UJ Sports was the only owl that would cover the combine. We've come up here; we've been doing it for years. Uh, now, when you talk to, when you hear the buzz, when you hear people behind you talking, when you hear people uh, on the escalator uh, walking through the building in the bars—not that I go to bars or restaurants or anything like that—of course not. But, but you hear people talk. The way they talk about Georgia players is the way they talked about guys like Alex Leatherwood. You know, uh, you know, Mark Ingram. Uh, it, it was an Alabama guy. That's an Alabama guy. That's the Alabama standard. You know, uh, the, the way they were talking about, you know, Trevor Lawrence and when Clemson was so hot there and they had so many talented players. Uh, the way they talked about Ohio State, now it's Georgia. It was, you know, last year was kind of, you know, everyone said it was generational. So a lot of people thought it was a, kind of a almost a one and done thing. Oh, they were really good this year. All those, all those defensive guys. That's what now, now
1: it's tradition.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: again, so let's go back to 2016. We had Isaiah McKenzie. That was it. Yeah. You could have set that up with a little that's more grandeur, Coach. You could have said, right. let me give you the full list of 2016 and, Georgia. And had tomorrow. an offensive lineman uh, in the first round since 2003. Yeah, I mean, man. and then all of a sudden, look at them coming out. So, I mean, they're doing a good, good job of not only recruiting but developing these guys. I mean, yeah. and then the best testimonies I heard from any coach on the NFL Network was listening to Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, and he said last year uh, I came and spoke at Kirby Smart's uh, coaching clinic, and we were drafting and we were going down the guys, and and you know, we were looking, and we were a little worried about Salier because he had the injuries and everything, and he kept coming down, and so finally I just called Kirby, and Kirby stepped up on the table, and said you won't be, you got to get this guy if you can take him, get him, and he said so we went ahead and did it. I built a relationship with Kirby, and I trusted him. And hey, Jamari Salia had Jamari had a great year. He said hey, he saved our season for us, playing left tackle. He comes in there and starts. But but the point being is that uh, these pro coaches uh, know Kirby's background, having coached under Nick, and and what Kirby's doing here. And the other thing that the the general manager for the Green Bay Packers said. If you want to see the standard for practices and developing pro players, go watch Georgia. Yeah. Hey, well, I
0: remember you told us uh, before that Georgia-Clemson game, you know, when the guys went over to see Clemson the day before and then came to Georgia the next day, they're like, holy shit, this this is going to be a bloodbath. you got much better players, and we've seen it. Again, I'm not saying you have it on record. I'm just telling you what the buzz is up here. They talk about Georgia different now. And they should. And they'll be talking about George again next year. Bruce in the hours. pudding, man. The Bruce in the pudding. Yeah, absolutely.
1: We want to wrap the show talking about Jalen Carter and the situation that he's found himself in. Uh, but f- as we transition to that, obviously a lot of his teammates from Georgia have been asked about him and the spotlight that this has garnered. Buddy, what uh, are you
0: drinking there? A Diet Dr. Pepper, man. What's, Come on. What is that, a quart bottle or what? Hold it up. Hold it close to the camera. It's it's little. Okay. <laughs> It's little, but I put All it a little, right. little closer. If I All could right. get a two-liter in here, I'd have it set up with it just okay,
1: a show Okay, go ahead. Uh, here's what Jack Lesney yeah. had to say uh, about Jalen Carter in the situation, and I think the question was phrased in a way that uh, Georgia has had multiple traffic um, incidents, accidents, um, speeding tickets, those kinds of things. Is there a yes, cultural sure. problem with Georgia? I think that's how the question was posed. Here's what. Lesney has to had to say about that I don't think so I think you know I can speak on those guys' character and those guys' character to me is the best person in the room you know they've always been an up, upright guy to me they've always been nice to me they've always treated me with respect and so that's what I can speak on and I think that Georgia football is trying to you know keep that going and keep the generations growing so and, and that's been consistent across players that they they stick up for each other they say that uh high character guys that tends to be the phrase that i've heard in this so um y'all know more than me so so i'm going to back out and let y'all say what you know about this yeah, situation.
2: Roddy's the guys on cnn and all these
0: places go ahead Roddy. <laughs> well uh, keely ringo was asked the same thing and you know so is is there a problem with racing at georgia you know and uh you know is there a problem with uh you know traffic situation basically is there is there a cultural issue at georgia he said, no, you know, he said, individual people make individual decisions. We we can't, you can't charge the whole group with what a few dumb people do. And he said to, you know, those who, to, to whom much is given much is expected, you know, and he points that out, you know, you gotta, gotta do smart things. Uh, Everybody wants to come out and say, well, uh, what is this indicative of? And I'm sure there, I I don't read all the pundits out there who want to take uh, incidents like this and. Uh, immediately brand it as a you know a cultural issue, but you've had three arrests since you won the title. Now they're for different things. These aren't they're they're all they're all misdemeanors, and in different localities, they would be actually be tickets and not actually arrests. But uh, where they happened, you know, these things were arrested, and uh, a lot of people are kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop with Jalen. They're like, well, what is we saw a comment in the uh, in the comment section there. Will he be charged with something else? Will these uh, misdemeanors become felonies? You know, why why didn't we know all this earlier? I'm like, well, the police were putting together an investigation. The investigation is done, uh, as far as I can tell. Uh, if they would have, if they were going to charge Jalen with something more than the two misdemeanors, they would do that. If they had the information, if they had the, uh, if they had something to charge him for that, it would have been done then. So I think that's it. I don't expect anybody else to be charged. I could be wrong. But they they basically said, here's what we found out after months of investigating, you know, turn yourself in. And Jalen Carter flew back, turned himself in, was out 16 minutes later, flew back to Indianapolis, was doing his interviews, was on the field today. We spotted him. Uh, Jed May was in the stadium, spotted him rooting on his teammates, the same teammates who stuck up for him earlier in the week. So I don't expect the other shoe to drop um, it's a tragic situation. It was a stupid situation. Uh, and a lot of people want a pound of flesh out of Jalen. I, I don't raking him over the coals. Isn't going to bring these people back, you know, two people paid the ultimate price for something horrible and stupid and a giant mistake. And I just don't see where, again, I'm not trying to give him a say it's no big deal. It's a huge deal, but he's got to live with that, you know, and the hair, stupid mistakes, the, the consequences have been paid and I don't think dragging Jalen down and everyone's like, oh, he, he doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve that. You know, I'm like, he, he doesn't deserve to have this on his conscience for the rest of his life. He doesn't deserve to lose a great friend. So I just don't understand what um, uh, dragging him over the coals will bring you. And if as from a legal standpoint, I think this is all we're going to see, because if they had more information or if more were forthcoming, they would say it's still open. We're still looking into it. They didn't say that, so I think I think uh, this is kind of the culmination in it. That's my take.
2: Yeah, he's going to have an arraignment on uh, April the eighteenth, and uh, you know, an arraignment hearing, and we'll find out exactly what the charges are and what uh, where we're go- going to go from there. I thought that the fact that he went back to uh, to kind of face the music with the teams today was. Uh, a good move by him and who, uh, whoever is advising him, just the fact that, you know, Hey, i got to go on and, and do what I've got to do. I took care of, of reporting where we supposed to, he, he didn't know about it till yesterday. So he couldn't have, he couldn't have, I mean, the, that he was going to be charged. I, I don't think he did, but, I but he was now, that too. there's no, there's no way that I can be speak authoritatively, uh, mm. and, and on it and say anything except, uh, that the, I know that the, the proper people work on this and we'll see what happens. I will give you an update. I saw uh, Tori Bowles' father uh, riding down the street over in my neighborhood and he told me that he was really encouraged by her development, uh, that she's getting plenty of uh, rehab and that she's been out, uh, you know, daily going over to UGA getting rehab and he's encouraged and that they'd gone – to several specialists and they they were really encouraged talking to the specialists about where she's going from here. And so from I don't think I'm talking out of school, letting everybody know that because I think everybody certainly is worried about her. I'm not saying that she's out of the woods, but I think it's good to hear that. So I wanted to present that to you tonight too. I think in these
1: kind of situations and I've covered, I did news reporting before I did sports reporting right out of college and um, you never want to judge someone for the dumbest mistake that they make, right? And, and look, there's some horrible things that happen out there, and, and the justice system takes care of that. Um, going a hundred having a car get up to 104 miles an hour or anywhere, especially on that part of town, like that's just terrifying. So, you know, what can all of us do? We can learn from like, don't be dumb in cars, it's, it's the most dangerous thing that we do at any point. Yeah, we, it's I'm so common for us.
0: Yeah, I, I think a lot of people like, um, you need a little, uh, I don't say, uh, I'll use the word autonomy. What happened with you know, Chandler LaCroix having you know, a high blood alcohol level going 104 miles an hour racing that's horrible, and they paid for that. You can't take that, you can't blame that on. Jalen Carter was were the racing. Did that help cause it? Yes. The crash being drunk, you know, that's, we want to, we want to transpose it and say that because that happened, he has to pay for it. No, th- they made a mistake. She made a mistake. She paid for it. Devin Willock paid for it. How many more people have to pay for something And he's going to pay for his part of it with the charges that he has to face with the millions that he could lose. You know, and here's the thing people are like, well, how far is he gonna drop? I don't see him dropping out of the first round. I don't. I don't I, but here's the thing: if you drop from one, two, three, five to 10, 12, you know, 20, that's millions of dollars in the difference in each one of those spots. And he could lose millions on this. So um, he'll pay in the public perception, he'll pay when the legal system, and he'll pay in his wallet. And I don't know why it seems like a lot of people want a pound of flesh that's why I don't read these columnists who are, who don't cover the program who aren't there and maybe they can have a, a, a you know 30,000 uh, foot view versus people who are maybe a little too close to it. But me speaking to people within the program, I'm like, uh, there is no, this hurt They're there. They hurt for this. And it's, uh, uh, people need to be charged with what they need to be charged. They need to pay, you know, pay legally, but uh, don't conflate what happened with one person onto the other person just because they were involved with it. They didn't cause it.
1: And don't overlook like the gratitude that Warren McClinton walked away from that and is like yeah. he's still getting to live out this dream because those details, I saw them like those odds are low. And um he man, that's uh I've never seen anything like that. I'm 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 happy for him. I'm also kind of praying for him that as he goes through the combine of these NFL things, like he's having to relive this every day. And I, that's, that's tough. So I, I hope he has a really good support system around him. I like seeing the teammates and the players rally around each other. Pod Lesney was Warren McClendon's roommate at the senior bowl. That kind of stuff matters because this is going to be something that he has to work through for a long time. And he's, he's a tough guy. That's for sure. Um, And so like, like, I don't want people to lose sight of the gratitude that he's okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of which I'll put one more plug in for going to watching the Nolan Smith video because Nolan Smith talks about uh, devin and uh, it's a great uh, a great segment there that you need to see absolutely when he says and tonight when he ran so well he says you know I did that for devin I love you big dev so uh, that was that was a uh, very touching thing so it's again it's a very tight-knit community and they, they it, it hurt him a lot man, it's going to hurt for a long time. All right. Uh, any other questions we need to get to? Let's wrap there. Uh, we can do Tuesday at noon next
1: week. My schedule's wonky in March, but I can do Tuesday at noon. So if that's what we're planning for, let's roll with it. Yeah. All right. So
2: anyway, folks, we'll be back next week. We'll we have spring break next week. No, just kidding.
0: <laughs> UGA is on spring break and that means uh, spring balls around the corner. Oh, well, Hey, if George is on spring break next week, then I need to go down the beach.
2: Hey, I want to give a shout-out to the Georgia Bulldogs today. The uh, men's tennis team started out the season with a big win on the road in the SEC against Alabama. And the women's basketball team just uh, destroyed Auburn in the tournament down in Greenville tonight. So uh, they got to play LSU tomorrow, uh, a team that they went to overtime with uh, down at uh, Baton Rouge several weeks ago. So we'll see. But a great start for Georgia because – the teams in our league that are supposed to be good uh, lost today, Tennessee, a Kentucky lost. So uh, we're off to a good start. We're leading the league already here uh, in men's tennis. Yeah.
0: And congrats to coach Abe. All right, folks, we will see you next Tuesday at noon. Be sure to tune in and to be short, it'll be a short turnaround from Thursday to Tuesday. So uh, be sure when we put the uh, prompt on UGA sports to get your questions in, uh, I know you see a, post by Danny, just zip right past it, but please stop clicking on it. Put your question in there. We will always give preference to the folks at uh, UJsports.com. And, uh, oh, we uh, confetti update. We've sent out all the confetti. So uh, if you don't get it by the end of this week, then uh, you probably did not put your name on the list. Over 3,000 envelopes sent, processed, done. Uh, We've had a few come back with uh, incorrect addresses, and we will get those taken
2: care of. So uh, until next week, we will see you later.